and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. We are going to get into the Word of God today. And so what I want to do is I want to show you firstly a picture of when Alison and I first uh, came here to the Sutherland Shire. And uh, as you can see, I had a little bit of hair then. God was kind to me back then. (laughs) Now I'm shaved and saved. And so that was in 2013. My son is much taller than me right now. Uh, Wade was in fact Ollie's age, uh, Christian Andrew's little boy. So time does move, decades move. And so very thankful to God for His goodness. Who remembers that day? Who was here on that day? So God has been very kind to us. So when we first came to what was then Shire Live Church, it was only a couple of years later, the Lord led us to move into this name Horizon Church. At that time, we can take the picture down, Horizon Church, Shire Live Church, uh, was in a difficult position. Uh, there was a bit of struggle and um, the church has enjoyed a very rich history, no doubt about it. But like all churches, churches do go through seasons where there's times of reaping and harvesting and there's also times where there's sowing. Life's a bit like that. Who knows that to be true? Can't always live at the top all of the time. There are hills and valleys in life. And so the church at that point in time was going through a bit of a valley. And so when Alison and I and Tori and Wade came to Sydney, uh, I needed to hear from God on what to do. Because we, as ministers of the gospel, we need to build according to the pattern that God shows you on the mount. You don't get it from a book. Uh, Not that I'm against books. I believe in leaders are readers, no doubt about it. They read the times, they read people, and they read books. So leaders read. And so, but I needed to hear from God. And one day when I was up in my office, uh, upstairs, I was praying and seeking God and the Lord began to open up to me Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and of course, Psalm 24. And it became very clear that the Holy Spirit would say to me that this would be the pattern. The pattern is, is that you know the verse, Psalm 22, verse 1. It's where we get the statement from Jesus when He hung on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Verse 14 of the same Psalm says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart, this is speaking about Jesus Christ, my heart is like wax. It has melted within me. So Psalm 22 gives us an insight into what Jesus was feeling, what He was going through when He was going through the process of being uh, wrongly accused and charged and eventually crucified. You see the emotion of our Lord and Saviour. And the Holy Spirit began to highlight to me 
that that's where our church was at at the time. Uh, there was some difficulty. Um, and just like Jesus, people felt a little bit out of joint. And, and so I went on a journey to then ask the Lord, say, Lord, what do we do in order to restore a church that is a great church that has had faithful leadership for many, many years. And it became clear, as I said earlier, that the three Psalms, Holy Spirit said this would be the pattern. All Psalms are about Jesus Himself. And the Lord said, you need to take the church into Psalm 23. Don't park in Psalm 22. Nobody wants to park in Psalm 22. And so we began preaching on Psalm 23. And those of you who were in our church in that season, you would remember the healing. Come on now, you remember the restoration. You remember the goodness of our God and how God began to breathe life into His people. And of course, you remember Psalm 23 verse 1, which says, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, who knows that to be true? David says, I shall not want. The New Living Translation says, I have everything that I need. And we began to realise that our miracle to move from Psalm 22 to Psalm 23 is pointing out the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because I did not have the skill or the capability to be able to restore the church, but Jesus does. Jesus has all the skill, all the power and all the authority. And so we pointed our church towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And literally verse by verse, we went through Psalm 23 and our God anointed particularly our worship during that time. And when Jeremy would play on keys on a Sunday morning, the healing touch of God would fill our congregation. It was supernatural. As we looked to the Lord Jesus Christ and in Psalm 23, we began to realise that our eyes are not upon men. Our solutions are not in people. The solution is in Jesus Himself. And we discovered that Psalm 23, the Lord has the ability to meet our physical our emotional, our directional, our relational, and also our eternal need. That is the authority of our King. Every need that you have in life is found in Psalm 23. You remember that we said that, uh, I read a commentator who said that Psalm 23 should be one of the seven wonders of the world. When I first read it, I thought it was kind of a bold statement. But the more I read Psalm 23, I myself got to a place where I could resolutely say that Psalm 23 ought to be one of the seven wonders of the world. What a beautiful Psalm. Our church journeyed from Psalm 22 to Psalm 23. The debt reduction strategy uh, undertaken by our board and the detailed management of finances in a way that would please the Lord was acted upon by uh, particularly uh, Roger 
uh, Gary uh, and also Stephen Lamb. And because I believe that if you honour God with the resource that He gives to us, if you, so in other words, I can say it this way, if you respect favour, you attract it. If you disrespect favour, it moves away from you. And so we wanted to respect what God had given to us. And we honoured the Lord in our board meetings uh, where we literally made sure that what God had given to us, we were managing God's resources well to the glory of God. And over that time, our church has gone through a miracle of debt reduction. And right now, our our uh, church loan that we have for the upgrade of the facilities, et cetera, et cetera, is now currently sitting at uh, just over $1.8 million, give or take a dollar. And by the time we get to Kingdom Builders next year, it'll be sitting around about 1.5. So we're not far away, church, from this facility, this our church, um, you know, unless God asks us to buy the football field down the road. <laughs> But um, we're not far away from being at a place where when it comes to our giving season in June, we're actually speaking about giving towards vision as opposed to debt reduction strategies. That, that's literally with, within the next, it's actually in the next couple of years that that will actually happen in our church. It's, it's a miracle of the goodness of God. Can you say amen? And I think Jesus deserves a hand of praise for that. Come on, let's give God all the glory. Come on, all the praise and all the honour belongs to Him. And we've seen health and we've seen strength and we've seen restoration and we've seen the goodness of God right across our congregation in every area, every department. God has been good. So then it brings us, as we continue in this journey, to Psalm 24. What does that actually then mean for our church? Well, you saw some of it on the video today. So I thought it would just be appropriate that we actually read Psalm 24 today. Psalm 24, verse one, the Word of God says, the earth is the Lord's, amen? And everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for He founded it, on the seas and established it on the waters, who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in His holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is He, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, He is the King of glory. Psalm 24 speaks about possession, speaks about taking the earth. It starts off by saying, the earth is the Lord's. Years ago in Christianity, 
in the 80s particularly, was all about the rapture (laughs) and going home. And I like the rapture, not against it. But I also believe that the earth is the Lord's and we need to win people to Christ. We need to see people come to Jesus. So essentially then what happens in the church is uh, this tension that you and I will experience in church life between now and the time that Jesus comes back. And that is this tension of what I would call living in common versus living deployed. So have a look at this slide. So living in common is a command from God. So when the church was birthed in the book of Acts, there was this idea that people shared with one another, people blessed one another, people helped one another. You know, the Scripture that's up there, Acts chapter 2, verse 44, it says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. But there's a tension that exists in the life of a church, and that is whilst we are blessing each other, and looking after each other, which is a command from God, no doubt about it. It's littered right throughout the New Testament. There's this call from God of us taking what God has done in us, freely you have received, now freely give, and that is to live deployed. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. Then the Word of God was preached in ever-widening circles. So churches go through this tension. Some churches uh, on the scale of living in common, living deployed would probably be on the more living in common side of things. And their measurement of a good church is their ability to be a blessing to one another. How good was the worship? How good was the tithes and offerings? Uh, How good was the communion? And so all these internal things that happen in the life of a church which are good and are right, but outside of that, there's a world that does not know Jesus. And Psalm 24 is about a church that has recognised that what God has done in us is not just for us, but they understand that revival is God's power hitting the church, watch this, on its way to the street. And what most of us actually call revival inside of church is in fact renewal. God is renewing us. Revival has its expression on humanity. Revival has its expression on the hurting person outside of the church who does not know Jesus as their personal Saviour. And so there's this tension that we have of how much should we be as a church uh, in terms of living in common versus a church who actually lives deployed, a church who lives on mission, a church who realises that we have one shot to see people come to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Saviour. Are you getting something out of this this morning? And so this command of living in common versus living deployed, this tension exists. Some believers will measure the success of a church based on how good living in common is. Others of you that I sit down with measure the success of church life 
based on how many people actually come to Christ. Which one's right? And the answer is both are right. But let me tell you something about human tendency. Uh, And that is humans, we generally, over a period of time, everything is pulling a church more and more towards living in common. And our desire to pray for each other, be a blessing to each other, help each other grow is good. But we should never lose sight on the fact that in our zeal to serve one another, we should not mute the dimension to live deployed, which ultimately, church, is how multiplication is actually released. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says, the sons of Issachar, who had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. We must have an understanding of the times and that is what God has done in us, Horizon Church, what God has done through us, the healing, the restoration, the blessing is not just for us, but it's for broken humanity. Freely you have received, now freely give. And so our church is moving into this Psalm 24 season, which is Psalm 24 verse one. The earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. John 4 verse 35, Jesus says, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, they are already ripe unto harvest. So Jesus is creating an urgency to emphasise the immediacy of what actually needs to happen. We need to have a heart that's about people who don't know Jesus Christ. Where ploughing and harvesting occur, watch this, without sensible interval. God is saying, What about people who don't know Jesus? What about how many verses do we still need to hear? How many new songs do we need to sing before we actually realise people don't know Jesus? People are going to a Christless eternity. And it is my mission in our church to move our church towards a passion for people who don't know Jesus Christ. We need a passion for the lost. Question then is, what's my shape? What a great question. What a great sermon series. What's my shape? Well, let me explain it to you. Your shape is two things. Number one, you have a unique calling. Your unique calling is to make sure you're not like everybody else. John the Baptist was a voice in the wilderness. Not an echo, he was a voice. God's called you to be a voice. He's anointed you. You have authority. You have unique gifts and abilities. Your mercy, your grace. 
is from God. It's a unique fingerprint given to you by the Almighty God. It's a unique calling. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give to you the desires of your heart. The Hebrew is delight yourself in the Lord and He will shape the desires of your heart. It's unique to you. God has called you. That is your unique calling. And in the body of Christ, what we focus on is the unique call. But there's a second calling. And that's my message today. And that is the universal call. The universal call is, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever shall believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. What's my shape? My shape is the universal call. Everything we do, every place we serve, whether it's in kids, host teams, ushers, etc., etc., life group leadership, ultimately, whilst your unique call is valuable and wonderful, and warranted, it's not about that. It's actually about the universal call. We serve because of a universal call. And the universal call is, the light of Jesus must penetrate the darkness. And people need hope. People need a kind word from you. When you're in the coffee shop, say to that person, can I buy your coffee today? You don't need to give them 19 prophecies, church. Trust me. You've just got to be kind. Kind. Show the goodness of God. That's your shape. Your shape is He's left us here on this earth because people need to know Him as their Lord and Saviour. Why? Because somebody did it for you once. Somebody reached out to you. Somebody witnessed to you. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed for your mum, which led to your salvation. Somebody prayed for your dad, which led to your salvation. Somebody invited you to Horizon Church. Somebody spoke to you. Now freely you have received. Now freely give. There should be then, if this is the universal call, watch this. No unemployment in the Kingdom of God. Because it's our heart, it's our passion, and it's our desire to see people find Jesus. I can try all kinds of things. (laughs) I can try lots of booze, I can jump from relationship to relationship. I can buy things, can find all kinds of things to fill up the void. But only one person will ever satisfy the void and fix the problems of what is a crazy world. And His Name is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You've been gifted with His Name. 
You've been gifted with His authority. You've been gifted with His power and His glory to take the love of Jesus. Why do I need you to serve at Horizon Church? I love your unique calling. It's special. I like it when you song lead. I like it when you play the guitar. I like it when you're serving kids. But more than any of those things, there's a universal call from heaven. Watch this. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am, Lord. Send me. You doing okay? See, I told you it was all going to make sense today. Some of you doubted me. But campuses house the harvest. So in Perth, just so that you know, uh, we've been actually contacted by a number of uh, churches and so on who are potentially looking at uh, wanting to become Horizon over there. Uh, I'm working through that. Uh, It'll take me a, a good little while. Why am I doing that? One day I sat with Pastor Christy and uh, in the senior men area. And I said, Christy, do you know why I'm moving in this direction ultimately? Why we have St Andrews? I would have loved to have kept Shane and Serena here. They're a blessing to Sutherland. Come on now. They're awesome. Why would we want them in, in Western Australia? when you can support the Sydney Swans. (laughs) Why? Know why we do it? People need Jesus. People need Jesus. And that's why I need you to serve. Why? Because campuses house the harvest. Well, I'm done. That's a good sermon. Somebody invite our musos and our singers to come. I'm sort of done. Yeah, let's, let's honour the Lord. So what's your shape? Shape is knowing Him, being loved by Him, being blessed by Him, knowing Jesus. There are people that are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal friend. Come on, stay with me now, don't switch off. You don't know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. See, when, you, when you're not a follower of Jesus, you never truly understand yourself. You never know who you really are. You may have an idea and you may have a measure of satisfaction in your life. The truth is, it's only the person who created you that can actually tell you who you are. Andrew and Mona bought me last Christmas one of these robot vacuum things. And I found it in the cupboard yesterday. So, (laughs) sorry Mona, it's taken me this long to unpack it. So I unpacked this portable robot thing, you know, and you've got your app and it kind of like, you know, it goes across, bangs into things, 
But I'm like, I mean, this is entertaining watching this thing. <laughs> Vacuum the house. Well, guess what I had to do? Brad believes you don't need to read the manual. <laughs> and it's because I'm impatient. <laughs> I'm one of these people, when you build a flat pack, you're gonna end up with 19 screws left over. <laughs> don't ever invite me over to help you. <laughs> tried, I couldn't get this thing to connect. And I'm like, oh, finally, I have to read the manual. I open up the manual. Step one, Brad, do this. Step two, whole bunch of steps. Guess what? (laughs) It worked. And I got my app and this thing's going over the carpet. I'm like, this is entertaining. This is so good. It's purpose and it's definition and its ability to function only came about when I took the time to read it step by step. At one point, I was about to chuck it on the lawn because I was mad. (laughs) Because I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't do that, Mona, I wouldn't do that. I would have sold it on eBay. No, (laughs) He loves you. He knows you step by step by step to unlock you in your potential, cares about you. So it's very simple to become a follower of of Jesus, not a follower of a church. The reason why we're in church together today, why? Because we follow Jesus. You think about the cross, the cross, goes that way and it goes that way. We love Him because He first loved us. An expression of that is we bless and love one another. But you gotta get this right first. With your Father in Heaven who knows you, wants to define you and wants to give you hope and peace. So it's very simple, this is what we're gonna do. In a moment, right across the auditorium, we're gonna pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer that invites Jesus Christ to come into our lives as our Lord and friend and Saviour. Everybody in the auditorium is gonna repeat this prayer after me. So why a prayer? Well, it's a little bit like when Alison and I got married and I waited down the front. It was 43.7 degrees that day in Perth. My rose thing had gone like this because it was just too hot. (laughs) David Storer was the pastor about to marry us. We had to make a public confession of our vows to one another. In the same way, it's a public confession to say, Jesus Christ, forgive me of my sins, come into my life and change me. That's why we pray. So let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes. Why don't you pray this after me? And if you're praying this for the first time, why don't you pray it from your heart or you're returning to the love of God. Why don't you pray this all over again? Say this after me. Dear Jesus Christ, I believe in You. I believe that You are the Son of God and that You died on the cross to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart Be my Lord, be my friend, be my Saviour.
I receive Your love, Your grace, Your mercy and complete acceptance. I'm now set free from my past. I'm now a child of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never prayed that prayer before or you did a long time ago and you're coming home, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why, I wanna see who you are. I wanna pray for you today. So on the count of three, why don't you lift it up nice and high. Once you put your hand up and I've seen you, you can put it straight back down. One, two, three, God bless you, sir. God bless you, I see your hand. God bless you, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Come on, that's three people so far who've prayed this prayer for the first time and saying, I'm opening up my heart to the love of Jesus. Who else is there? Lift it up nice and high. I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today, to pray for you today. Lift it up nice and high. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. So Father, I thank You for those who've raised their hand today. Thank You for new beginnings, church. Come on. The Bible says, if any of us be in Christ, we are new creations. All things have passed away. All things have become new. We speak it. We declare it in Jesus' wonderful Name. And all of God's people said, Amen, amen. Can we give all of those who raised their hand a great clap of encouragement? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.